Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exist, to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. I'm Tim. And I'm Marshall. And here we are. Here we are. Number 50. I know. <laughs> We're cranking these out, Tim. We're so close. Two more to go. The home stretch. Two more to go. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Quite a bit of snow coming down. You got down your tree today. up yet? No. I mean, maybe by the time this drops, but it's like a 50-50 chance. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it depends on how the semester ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, we'll see We'll see how the next week or two go and then see what energy I have left to go get a tree. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, this is where fake trees are where it's at. <laughs> like this whole obsession with real tree. Mm-hmm. It's not, it shouldn't be a thing. It's so funny because I know we kind of talked about this last time, but whatever. I, I had a chat with Candace about it and I said, do you want to get like a, a fake Christmas tree instead of getting a real one? She grew up with only using like a fake tree. Yeah. I think they had one of those like silvery ones, like those right. ones that do, doesn't even look remotely like a green Christmas tree. Anyways, right. but then I think I got her hooked onto the real tree thing. Cause yeah. I was like, wow, when I was a kid, we'd go out and we'd cut one down and, and and so then we've done that now. And then a couple of years we've just bought in like a pre-cut one. But now she's hooked. Every time you say that, I think about the scene from Elf. Where <laughs> they have the tree. Yeah. And he says, buddy found it in Central Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Question number 50. Mm-hmm. What does Christ's resurrection mean for us? Mm-hmm. Which means we have to pivot from Christmas to Easter. That's right. <laughs> What does Christ's resurrection mean for us? Why does it matter? Mm. Well, let's start with, he is risen? He is risen indeed. Nice. Okay, cool. If you did that to me, I probably would have failed, but I knew I knew that you'd be up to the task. Yeah, the, resu- the resurrection of Christ is central to the Christian faith. Paul essentially says that if it didn't happen, we're to be pitied more than anyone else. Absolutely. So it's at the very core of our entire theological system, our entire faith, our entire worldview is pivots around this historical event. Right. And so how does it apply to us? What does it do for us? Um, If indeed Christ has risen from the dead, what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. So it's an important question. And how does it go wrong? Well, for starters, there's those who don't believe it actually happened. Sure. I mean, there are some, and the, the, and the ways that plays out um, vary, right? Uh, there are some, you know, it's just entirely this fabricated lie. There was no historical Jesus, let alone a crucifixion, let alone a resurrection. And to be to be clear, that is not simply a secular perspective. There are those no. who would call themselves Christians mm-hmm. that would still believe this. Yes. Very much of a bringing in sort of a Sadducee kind of mindset into mm-hmm. Christianity. Mm-hmm. That there is nothing supernatural about God because that'd be wild. <laughs> it, would, it would take a miracle, Marshall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, is that the Gospels in themselves are, are reliable historical documents um, by ancient 
literature standards. And on top of that, there are other references to Christ um, from Jewish writers, Greek, Roman writers. Um, so, I mean, you actually, you're pretty hard-pressed when you really get into it uh, to really make an argument that that Jesus didn't exist or even that he didn't rise from the dead. Um, right. The idea that the disciples in the early church would make up a lie that would that would then cause them to be um you know outcast in society ultimately you know thrown in prison murdered in terrible ways and they wouldn't recant they would hold to this resurrection of Christ right. like what do they have to benefit yeah there's no win in that yeah like the the whole idea that they were just going to be like yeah we're going to do this thing and people will be like whoa <laughs> just that yeah. that happened <laughs> it, it's not like that no, it, no the only the only motivation would be some sort of personal gain mm-hmm. and they would have to, they would have to have it over jesus because what does jesus have to gain from this right right sure. right so you i'm going to be the one that gets beaten and dies and you guys are going to benefit from this mm-hmm. later on power yeah. wealth fame whatever yeah but they get none of those things and yeah. they don't pursue any of those things yeah yeah, no, and, it's true. And so there's just, there's no win in this. Mm-hmm. The other thing that that comes with that when when those who would call themselves Christians follow this track is they say, well, it, it's just his teachings that matter. Mm. Even last week, I preached on Jesus saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to go and be beaten and put to death, but I will raise again on the third day. Yeah. If Jesus is teaching that, and it's not true, then he's teaching a lie. Yeah. So the man's a liar. So you shouldn't listen to his teachings. So why would you listen to his teachings? I know. He's I know. an open. If if that's if that's where you have to go with it, I'm not the one who comes up with this, Lewis. No. no. Liar, lunatic, or Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Either he's lying to you and you fell for it, or he's a crazy man mm-hmm. who's delusional, or it's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, we don't have to get too far into it, but there's different hypotheses that have come out that these people who doubt the resurrection, there's the the swoon hypothesis where he mm-hmm. didn't actually die on the cross and he was just kind of like in a somewhat comatose state and then yeah. somehow got out of the tomb <laughs> with this giant stone in front of it. Uh there's, you know, the stolen body. There there's the substitution one. That's what the um that's what uh is taught in Islam is mm-hmm. that uh certainly God wouldn't punish uh a great prophet like jesus so they refer to him as isa um so actually it's like judas there's like a body switch freaky friday freaky good friday thing going on and it's actually mm-hmm. judas who dies instead anyways all of these things um totally inconsistent with an orthodox christian worldview right so we dismiss them right um but as far as how it can go wrong in other ways i think there's a there's a potential danger i think to maybe neglect its significance if we focus exclusively on the cross and not enough on the empty tomb absolutely right and 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 that substitutionary atonement that was made on our behalf um christ you know bearing the wrath of our sin um again an essential part of of the christian faith but we can sometimes fail to see the significance and see the importance of of his resurrection. Right. Yeah, that the price was paid. 
there's no way we can deny the significance of that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that the victory over death was won. Yeah. Is our hope. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, should Christ have paid for our sin, but not proven to have power and victory over death, then what we would know is, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna die, but it's gonna be okay. Yeah, and I that's mean, that's the end of it, right? There's a hopelessness in that. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I I think I think you're right to say we talk a lot about the cross and less about the empty tomb, mm-hmm. and that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one that I have, and perhaps you have more of, of ways that it can go wrong, is just making the resurrection about something else, right? Like we live in a world where the different kind of strains and veins of, of Christianity can kind of emphasize certain things and then read that issue into absolutely everything in the gospel. So you know, there are those who would say, well— the resurrection is really, it's the symbolic um, event to symbolize the release of those living in poverty or under oppression. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it, you know, and it, it's about that. The whole liberation theology approach to it all. Yeah. 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 So, that, I mean, that's just one example, but that kind of, you know, is kind of taking something that means so much more and kind of like saying, no, 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 it speaks to this specific issue because, you know, for some, some Christians... Um, they just make everything about this one particular issue, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, social justice or other political things. Um, and so that's, I think, another way we can we can get it wrong for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, too, we can we can make it uh, we, can, we can make it more than it is in some ways as well. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen people take it and say um, that when with death being the ultimate consequence of a world broken by sin, mm-hmm. with which I'm in agreement. Yep. Jesus' resurrection is victory over that, mm-hmm. of which I am in agreement, which means that there is nothing left of the curse. Ah, uh, okay. That we can't claim in the name of Jesus right now mm. to be done away with. Right. Uh, of which I'm not in agreement with. Yeah, and so, neither is the Bible. So, so I, I've, had <laughs> <laughs> I've had this applied to me in, in a way that, one time I was working and I got poison ivy. Okay. Happens. Yep. And someone said to me, poison ivy is uh, part of the curse. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, why don't you just claim the victory of Christ over your poison ivy? <laughs> and then you don't have to deal with being itchy anymore. And uh, and I thought, wow. If only. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to understand the difference between like an initiation and a consummation of victory. Right. Right. And, and, uh, and promises and then the fulfillment of those promises. Right. Right. And, and we're in the, we're in the middle ground here. Um, and we need to, we need to understand that, right. It's on the last day that Christ will achieve a final victory over sin and death. Right. Right. Um, yep. All right. So, Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how it's done right. Okay. The answer, Christ triumphed over sin and death by being physically resurrected so that all who trust in him are raised to new life in this world and to everlasting life in the world to come. Mm. Just as we will one day be resurrected, so this world will one day be restored. 
but those who do not trust in Christ will be raised to everlasting death. Mm. Pretty good answer. I, I think, yeah. again, like last week, there's more than just an answer to the question. Mm-hmm. In the, like you were saying, they they are getting more wordy. Right. <laughs> uh, I think they said, let's let's keep it to 52. It'll be a nice clean for the year. And they're like, oh, there's so much more I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it doesn't fit well in the one-year thing, mm-hmm. to which we're grateful because we stole their platform to make a one-year podcast. Yeah, it works for us. Uh, so that Jesus raises bodily mm-hmm. is the first point. Well, maybe not. That he faced death, mm. I think, is the first point. Hmm. I think that, especially with the swoon theory, has to be pointed out. Right. Um, Folks, the Romans, the Romans had skills. They did. A specific set of skills. (laughs) That made them a nightmare for people like everyone. Yes. (laughs) This was was not something that they had to read up on before they executed Jesus. No. Um, They were... Mm world-renowned conquerors and very good at the work they did. Yes. Uh, The idea that someone might have botched an execution is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And and the idea that that person who was a part of that botched execution would not finish off their death in the tomb Mm -hmm. after they were placed there with no medical help. Right. And then be able to roll the stone away by themselves. Right. right. All of these things just add up to, to nonsense. What, what happens is, this is not trying to answer a question. This is trying to build a question that matches your answer. Right. And and that's where these kinds of things come from. Mm-hmm. A, a predetermined conclusion. This didn't happen. So what did happen? Right. Uh, and, and it it just doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. It's not new though. No. Scripture talks about these things. Yep. Scripture talks about, I- even in the story, there's talk about the Jews mm-hmm. saying, hey, we're going to play it off to look like this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, later on, the Gnostics are an issue that are addressed by the epistles to say, there are some among you who are having a conversation. Did Jesus resurrect from the dead? Mm-hmm. Right? They were starting to do the division. of Well, Jesus couldn't have been physical and spiritual mm-hmm. and be God and man. And so maybe he just seemed like, or things appeared to be. Mm-hmm. So the very first thing that we have is he does actually die. Yeah. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And he is physically, not just spiritually or as a hologram mm-hmm. resurrected. Yeah. 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 And that, and that resurrection um, is a triumph, as the catechism says, right? And there's almost a sense, there's almost an aspect of kind of vindication to some degree, mm-hmm. right? Death being the consequence uh, for sin, right? But Christ, because he was indeed sinless, because he kept the law perfectly, mm-hmm. um, death could not hold him, could not keep him. 
right? Um, so there's a vindication there. I almost broke in the song. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say we were building a pretty powerful bridge right there. Yeah, um, but there's a sense in which, yeah, he he demonstrates, it's demonstrated through his resurrection that he uh, is beyond the grip of death because of who he is and what he's done. Right. Yeah, Christ's death and resurrection is his triumph. Mm-hmm. I think another way that this can go wrong is sometimes it's taught as Satan's triumph. Right. Right. And, and I love Narnia. I love The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I think C.S. Lewis is a brilliant writer of not only theology but fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a bit of his display of the victory of the white witch receiving Aslan Mm. um, that I think goes too far. Sure. And that it looks like an exchange Mm -hmm. in which evil, even momentarily, Mm -hmm. is victorious. Right. But that is not the case. Right? Um, It was not taken because of the deep magic right required this to be done mm. it was offered willingly mm-hmm. and it was given mm-hmm. and no one was owed mm-hmm. and so no one was paid mm-hmm. and so there there is not victory for satan in this the death and resurrection of jesus christ is his triumph mm. and his victory alone mm. so triumph physically resurrected mm-hmm why? So that all who trust in him are raised to new life in this world and to everlasting life in the world to come. Yeah. Which comes straight out of a letter to Corinth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, essentially, it's he is the he is the first fruits of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a sense in which he is he is the the first, the forerunner as the second Adam, as the head of this new new human race essentially right he he is the first to receive this glorified body mm-hmm. right like we under we understand in it to a sense that you know old testament saints prior to the coming of christ are in paradise with god but in a spiritual sense not in a tangibly physical sense because christ is the first right and it's and it's from that that we have our hope of the future resurrection um right so it's he is the he is the prototype, as it were, um, for what we will inherit and what we will enjoy in in the world to come. Yeah, there are a lot of studies done on why Christianity took over the world, hmm. why it spread so quickly and became so popular so fast in those early centuries and, and remains to be. Secular studies that look at things like uh, in Rome. There was a lot of discussion about citizenship, mm. and you were born with it or you weren't, mm-hmm. and if you didn't, you were stuck. Yet Christianity reaches in its discussion to the masses. It raises up the humble mm. into a place of citizenship, yeah. and and that that was a hope that they saw that was valuable to them uh, as a people, and and so that concept. Mm. Is that social concept is the reason Christianity became such a big deal. Hmm. I disagree. I, I, I disagree because I think the resurrection and, and that concept that we are the first fruits 
as you just said, of the or Jesus is the first fruit of the resurrection, mm-hmm. the first among the resurrected. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that 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 is the hope that causes Christianity to spread, mm. because if we take the resurrection out of the Christian story, we're left with nothing. Mm. We're left with a, a guy who had a spin on a tradition, a religious tradition right. for the Jews, thought by some to have been the great fulfillment that they've been anticipating, mm-hmm. whom had some teachings that went above and beyond, uh, lived well, yeah. by all accounts, mm-hmm. lived well, made some promises in the end that didn't come to pass, mm. that they couldn't actually witness that they couldn't experience and then made some promises to people that they too would receive this kind of thing that he was going to do Mm -hmm. in resurrection. And although, although they didn't see it with him, maybe it'll come for them. Right. Right. I see what you mean. That doesn't, that doesn't spread. Right. That is impotent. Mm-hmm. Right there's there's no force there's no hope there's no power behind it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but when scripture talks about the apostles after the resurrection more than once it says and they understood or they remembered what he had what said, said before yeah. Yeah. they understood what he had said before mm-hmm. right this idea that he'd been teaching them this all along and somehow some way it was just not landing mm-hmm. but after the resurrection mm-hmm. it all lands yeah. and it all makes sense to them and these people who were at one point hiding away because they feared that he was coming for them next mm-hmm. that, that the jews would be searching them out are now standing in the synagogue being told by a tribunal, stop. Mm-hmm. And they say, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There is, there is, yeah, that is, that is potent. Yeah. There's a sense in which the, the resurrection and the, the experience that the, the, the disciples had with the resurrected Christ was like, the answer key to a test they couldn't pass on their own. It was right. a, it's a lens through which when they see the teachings of Christ about the kingdom, about eternal life, about all of these things, when they see it through the lens of this resurrected Christ, then suddenly it becomes clear. They're mm-hmm. able to understand it and discern it mm-hmm. um, in, in a new and fresh way. Right. And I think, you know, what, what we get from the resurrection too is um, not only this snapshot of, you know, our hope, you know, our eternal, our eternal state, but also just the eternal state of everything of the entire created order. Right. And in his ministry, when, when Christ is healing people, like, yes, he's operating out of genuine compassion for those who are suffering. He's, he is doing that. And we know that because scripture tells us, but he's also at the same time giving people a preview for what he is doing in the big picture. Right. He is making broken things whole. Right. And so and so as you know, his body broken on the cross, his blood poured out, he is restored. And in that also, in a sense, is a picture for us to see not only what we are going to be like, but what everything is going to be like Mm -hmm. uh, when he returns. Yeah. Just shadows of what's to come. Yeah. The appetizer, the teaser. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Yeah. So the the answer to the question, what does Christ's resurrection mean for us? I think it's fulfilled in that. Mm-hmm. Then it goes on to talk about, but to those who do not trust in Christ will be raised to everlasting death. Yeah. That is a truth, mm-hmm. a biblical truth, um, that needs to be discussed more in church. We've gotten away from that. Yeah. Uh, needs to be discussed more in church. I would argue not an answer to this question, mm. but a right doctrine nonetheless. Sure. Yeah. It goes a little bit beyond the scope of what the question is uh, is asking. Um, you c- there is a sense in which the, the resurrection, the coming resurrection, is a um, general or universal resurrection. Right. In which all people from all times will right. be resurrected. Um, and I believe that is going to happen all at the same time is my particular eschatological view. Not everyone sees it that way. That's whatever. But it, ultimately everyone is, is raised and then sheep, goats, right hand, left hand, that whole division happens, right. um, at judgment. And there's a sense in which it is not only those who are in Christ who will be resurrected, but those who are not. Okay. So I'm going to backpedal. Okay. And I'm going to say, here's my benefit of the doubt connection okay. for why this could belong here. Okay. <laughs> Jesus announces himself in that passage you were just saying about sheep and goats, mm-hmm. that Matt Theon passage, yep. uh, that he himself is going to be the judge. Mm. And in a number of his parables, he is the judge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Should he not have resurrected, there is no judge on judgment day. Mm. Yeah. Either for those who would pass into everlasting life or those who have passed into eternal judgment. Mm -hmm. That the judge lives is proof positive that the judgment will carry on. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I can can jive with that. All right. Nice. We'll go with that then. Good one. Got anything else? No, not a whole lot. I mean, this is just, you know, there's a reminder here and we've, we've obviously touched on it, but it's something that... Um, you know, is relevant to this question again. Christ's resurrected body. People could touch him. He could eat food, mm-hmm. right? So there, there, he's operating with the physical world in a somewhat normal way, but then also able to do things outside what we would normally consider walking through a door, walking through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? And so, but that is that is kind of what our eternal state is going to be, right? And I and I think. And I, I don't know why I get on this hobby horse so much. I think it's because for myself, growing up in the church, and I don't know if it was a lack of my teachers or a lack of my paying attention, but growing up in the church, it wasn't until after I like got saved and was a young man in my early 20s that I was like, wait a second. I'm not like going to be just like a spiritual body. I'm going to be a physical blood and flesh and bone person forever. Yeah, I agree with that. I never, yeah. I never knew that till I was like 22 years old. Right. Um, and so I always like to remind people like that is what's ahead. Um, and it's not just, you know, floating on clouds. Um, right. And, and all that stuff. And that all the things in this world that are beautiful and bring glory and honor to God mm-hmm. will be there. Only better. Right. Only not broken. Right. And yeah. all of I. When Analia was a baby, she said something about uh, wouldn't it be great if we could have the snow but without it being so cold. Um, <laughs> nice. And I thought, I wonder how that would work. 
I can't imagine that the beauty of snow is a product of the fall. Mm. I can't imagine that 26 degrees Celsius below zero is a product of the fall. <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> Will we be able to have snow mm. without extreme cold? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Don't know. But the things, the things of this world that are beautiful and bring glory to God will be there. Yeah. And, and as you said, restored to its full. Mm-hmm. And the statement that seals that promise, the hope, is that Christ himself was resurrected. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. Take care, everyone. Next time we do 51. <laughs>